Hello, and welcome to Max Hall Fire. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Legio Kratos Appreciation Hour. Ah, <laughs> yes, no. It won't be an hour talking about Legio Kratos, but this is a very, very special episode. Me and Ben, dedicated podcasters that we are, are trying something we've not done before. And we're going to try and get an episode out in under 24 hours. So, what are we going to be talking about? Well, Kratos will be on that list, but we're talking yep. the Traitor Legio's book. Yes, so obviously as we record, it's technically not out yet, but <laughs> the power of the internet, if you've been on social media for the last three or four days, a lot of stuff got out. <laughs> There's been one or two leaks, and we've been able to cobble together pretty much the majority of what uh, what is out there. To be honest, Games Workshop, it would be a lot easier. It would save us a lot of time if next time you just sent us a preview copy. I mean, you know, just saying, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, maximalfire at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Um, so this is going to be a bit of a different episode this is going to be the minimal fire cast rather than the maximal fire cast we're planning on keeping this quite short it'll be about an hour you may notice a little bit of changes to the format we're not going to be taking any princeps questions today but we are still sourcing those from community and we plan on um, including as many as possible in our next full episode which will be coming in the in the future weeks so today we're just going to sit down, just going to talk about our first impressions of the Traitor Legio book. Yes, quite quite funny actually. This is actually the original format for the show, which then ballooned into a two-hour podcast every week, every other oh, week. Two hours is a short one then. <laughs> and back to just you and I, of course, as well. Mm. I think running into the sort of less frequent podcasts that we do is just just the two of us but it does make our lives a little bit uh, more straightforward well yeah especially when we get podcasts out as quick as possible yeah absolutely so we are going to do a little bit um other stuff outside of the traitor book there's some additional news obviously we want to just mention a few bits and pieces from our sponsors but also um around the the previews and the new releases and just in case anybody happens to notice or any of this creeps through um on the podcast reporting it is bonfire night. Uh, there are fireworks going off all over the place. So if you keep hear, hearing gunshots and explosions in the background, I've not relocated to Syria. It's just a bonfire night. So apologies if any of that does creep through into the, the final recording. Oh, I thought this was just post-Brexit Britain. <laughs> well, we haven't quite reached the, uh, the local apocalypse just yet, but... Uh, Give us a few more years to sort that one out. Very quickly, just a word from our sponsors. So it is the um, 5th of November when we recorded this. That means that Grimdark Terrain have got their um, November package out there already. And it's it's more of their Gothic Ruins, uh, or rather Imperial Palace, I believe he's calling it now, set, which is all like the Gothic buildings. Some very, very nice stuff this month. I'm told that you're able to build prisons, you're able to build Arbites, precincts, and um, he's expanded again on the 3D printable roads and streets. So if you are inclined to want to build yourself like a full 3D printed board, you can print these sections off and build streets. Um, and if you go on the Grimdark Terrain uh, website, there's photos. If you go on their Facebook, I believe there might even be a video of a walkthrough one of these boards which he's created in 3D. Some very, very cool stuff. I've just finished painting up actually for the Reactor Meltdown tournament, which is on Sunday, this coming yep. Sunday. So um, use this proper name. Reactor Meltdown 2, Meltdown Harder, sorry. Thank you. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then Reactor Meltdown 3 will be with a vengeance, I'm sure. With vengeance, not a vengeance. With, Come with on. vengeance. Come on, Peaky. All oh, right, okay. 
But yeah, I've just finished painting up actually a load of his airport style stuff for um, Grimdark Terrain, which have been really, really cool to paint up. The, the air towers and the control tower and the landing pad, which you've gone massive on. Yeah, I dread to think how much I've actually spent. I thought I would be saving myself some money on this, but uh, I've printed so much stuff. <laughs> and, and you were worried if Thunderhawk would land on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it looks it looks the mutts nuts. If anyone wants to see any photos of it, check out my Instagram because um, there's some really impressive bits and pieces. But before we're gonna, I think we're gonna talk about Battle Bling and what they're coming out a little bit later. We've got a nice little segue coming up for them. So should we just talk about the new releases? Yes. So I guess the first one, which kind of came out of nowhere, was the new knight, which I can't pronounce the name of. Aca- the Acastus Knight Asterius, I believe it's pronounced. Something like that, which uh, which is really cool. I love the model. It's massive as well. It is basically the size of a Warhound, mm. almost. The interesting thing with this, it came with its own terminal. So I would not be shocked. So I'm going to go a bit of a limb here, and probably by the time this goes out, the FAQ will be out, and I'll, make, I'll look like a fool. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an FAQ saying, with the Acastus, take off the weapon options, which are now on this new one. Yeah, I mean, the main difference there, of course, is it's basically the same, isn't it, as what you got on the old terminals, but the difference with this one is it's got the twin Volkites. It's got twin Volkites and it's got the repair rule, which all the Mechanicus Knights have. It's got the Mortar, which is still really good. It's not as good as the Missiles, but it's still very good. And the main guns are slightly better because they're strength nine and they can be a five-inch blast at long range. Yeah. It does start creeping into points where... It is the same points as a Warhound and can die to one shot. It's still very good, though. The thing is, though, I think the reason that the Acastus have the bad, bad rap, I suppose, is, yeah, it can die in, in one unlucky shot, right? But we've, mm. we've seen Warhounds die in one round of shooting as well. Yeah. You know, it can happen. And if you don't hit that 17, there is a truck ton of like hit points that you need to be able to work your way through before one of those things dies. I think it's a 15 to get devastating. Might be a yeah. 14, but it still feels, you know, you're critically warhounds and 14s. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I guess the million dollar question is, Ben, are yeah. they going to start turning up at our tournaments? Um, well, it's legal tomorrow, uh, tomorrow Sunday, I guess, as long as you're running a night army. Um, I don't know. I, I still think they are too good for the points, personally, even with the nerf. We'll see. I think the £40 price point might put some people off. Yeah, they are pricey. You can get two Acastus for 30, I believe. Was it 35? Something like that. I think it might even be less than that with the discount. But yeah, no, yeah, of course. But they are very, very nice. Hmm. The fact that you can repair one of those things, that just makes me upset because they're already hard enough. I don't even see it very often. You only roll one dice per model and it's only on a yeah. six. And generally speaking, if I'm shooting an Acastus, I'm shooting to kill it. I'm not shooting to do some damage. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think, unfortunately, at least for the moment, that people are probably going to have the same opinion of the Asterius as they have of the Porphyrian as well. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a night household, probably worth picking up. Uh, I guess the good thing, what we're going to be talking about soon, is if you're taking the Corrupted Legio, you're not going to have the points for it. Mm, no. <laughs> At all. No, 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 no. But yeah, very, very cool model. I think, yeah, like um, we were actually, when it was announced, we were up with... Chris and the guys from Tabletop Standards. Um, mm. Hopefully some of you have seen the the video that we recorded with Tabletop Standard of us playing them. Great, great day out. Thank you very much again to the guys at Tabletop Standard. But yeah, it was one of those moments we would we were out having um, dinner afterwards and it was like, what the? And then Chris was very excited about it, put it that way. He was very excited about it. But yeah, yeah it just came out, came out of nowhere. It was, uh, I mean, I say it came out of nowhere. We all kind of knew something was going to happen eventually. 
Yeah, but there was no build-up, and it was on a random week. Unless I guess the trades book was originally meant to come out that uh, then, because they do Poss- normally try and line them up. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that the the thing which made me kind of quite happy is that Games Workshop can still surprise us like that, which gives me mm. hope for some of the other things that they might be releasing in the future. Come on, scale five and scale seven. Fingers crossed. Again, we might talk about that a little bit later on. But um, I think other than the Asterius. The big news was obviously the Iconoclast. That was a little bit of a mixed bag of emotions. I think if you're based in the US or New Zealand, you're probably super excited and you're probably sat waiting for yours to arrive if it's not already arrived. But for the rest of us in Europe and the UK, we were left very confused as to what happened on pre-order day. But it just sounds like there's been some delays and it goes up for pre-order tomorrow on the 6th which might be today if you're listening to it. But yesterday, depending on when we get this out, I guess. But hopefully, hopefully it's today. I do always feel that GW... It's one of the things that bugs me with their like pre-orders. They also they do their Warhammer community announcement, which is great. And there's sometimes some extra information in there, like for this one. Oh, by the way, guys, if you're in Europe, sorry, guys, it's another week. The problem is pre-orders for us go live at 10 a.m. That, that article doesn't tend to go live until I think it's 1 or 2 p.m. Yeah which then left us with a very big gap in the middle where we just didn't know what was happening. And uh, a few of us contacted their customer service team, which I'm going to say, good, good you with customer service, always very good. And I think as far as they knew, it was still coming out that day. And they didn't know why it wasn't on there. So slight bit of miscommunication. And obviously then we found out it wasn't going to be here. Obviously then we had the other kind of double whammy of bad news, I guess, which is the weapons definitely do not mix with the Warmaster. Yeah. Which, depending on you speak to on the internet is kind of okay sure to oh my god gw has ruined the game <laughs> everything in the middle i think we're we're kind of already said to our local community guys in a normal game we're just gonna house rule it just mix them i don't think there's any game breaking combinations it's still going to be a 1000 something point titan it's yeah. still going to struggle to win a game by itself and in big games it matters even less yeah, I think it'd be great to see what happens if you've got a Desolated Chainsword and you've got one Suzerain class Plasma Destructor or whatever they call those things. Mm. Yeah, I, I really don't see what what the why why there is the need. But I mean, we kind of we were prepared for this because we kind of had an inkling that this was the way it was going to go, and it was one of those yeah. things that we wanted it to not be true, but we kind of. This, this is likely the way that this is going to be going, and it's just a little bit disappointing. But like I said, I don't think it's the end of the end of the game, so to speak. What I like about it is the with the Warmaster, there was only the well, you had two plasmas and you had hmm. the missile on the back, whereas this has actually got some variety. How how I assume it's actually only the Desolator Chainsword and the Kriya Siege Drill, which can be made into a Grav Imploder, I would assume, rather than separate weapons. Uh, yeah, I believe it is. A, it's like a drop-in bit in the middle, and I think slightly different bits on the outside. But the, the, I think the main difference is the middle of the of your hand. Yeah, but it's it's nice that that there are different weapons. Like you know, there, there is you can. Yeah. I assume there's nothing that I've seen so far which says you ha- can only take one desolated chainsaw. No, no. So I mean, this segues quite nicely. If you want extras, you can either buy yourself another Iconoclast Titan, or Battlebling have got you covered. They are going to be releasing some compatible parts. Very, very cool axe called the Godbreaker Axe. <laughs> Something called a Brutalizer Ram, which I, I, I dread to think what that will uh, be doing to people. 
and then the ripper arm and the bainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, the co- and they are going to do the Gatling to go on top. So if you really, really don't want to buy uh, an Iconoclast, you could probably just buy the weapons that you want and put them on a Warmaster. And then they, that kit can do both because unless you're playing a very big game, you can't run more than one Warmaster or Iconoclast anyway. So, yeah, it, and that's, that's kind of cool. The, the, the bit I'm most disappointed about was I really wanted the grab guns to be good because I had this idea the grab guns were like range 16 or so. Yeah. And with the Gatlings and with some cool shoulder guns, I thought that could be quite a cool like middle range Titan, but I mean, they're only range eight, unfortunately. I guess we should talk about the weapons a little bit. The, the chainsaw was quite cool because it's a range four close combat weapon. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lower strength than I think we were expecting. It's basically a chain sword on steroids, essentially. Yeah, uh, four four attack strength ten rending, and it's yeah. actually better hitting over two inches than it is actually in combat. And it's got bypass. Yes, which is where that four inches comes in. So we were like, only a plus one. Like that sounds ridiculous. Why is it only plus one? And of course. Over two inches, you use your ballistic skill. So kind of a little bit wiring your brain the wrong way. You're in close combat, effectively, with stuff four inches away, but you're going to be attacking using your ballistic skill. So all of a sudden, those attacks at two to four inches with a chainsaw are going to be made at a two plus. The the rending is mostly useless unless you're playing against another Warmaster, though, because you're going to get to 16 before you roll the extra D3. 16 criticals, basically everything... But I think the head of a warlord. Yeah, I think that's always the case with these things we're rending. Uh, well, so, so, saying that, why is it strength eight for a reaver chain? Yeah, reaver chain fist. It does do something, but this one is just a bit like, okay, sure. I mean, I, I get why it's there. It makes sense as a chain weapon. It should have rending, whether you needed it or not. It's another matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obviously the, the siege drills the the big one at strength uh, thirteen. Which seems like it's gone almost like too far the other way. Like, does it need to be strength thirteen? Well, I guess a warmaster power, a warlord, sorry, power fist is strength twelve. Mm. So I guess it has to be stronger than that. But again, that's just burning through everything. Uh, is that is that the one with fusion as well? Yes. Yeah. So, so you... oh, oh, oh wait, or is that the imploder at, at close range? The thing which I I am quite looking forward to, and because just because it's something totally different which hasn't really been done before is is the imploder the fact that the imploder has got two completely different trait sets depending on if you're in melee or if you're shooting it granted it's only eight inches which as we said probably feels a little bit short i think at long range between two and eight inches it's got concussion and it's got quake and then at close range i believe it's got fusion and something else um, fusion and melee no, no, it's got melee and rending, so it's melee and um, rending. The, it, it's it's rending is even more pointless than the uh, than the rending on the chain chainsaw. Is it strength thirteen? Strength twelve. Strength strength twelve. Yes, yeah, we've done lots of planning tonight. Yeah, it's strength twelve <laughs> with rending, which it means well, it's a minimum of a nineteen. Yeah, it just not really doesn't really seem necessarily that important. The the and then the the siege drill is, is fusion, so strength thirteen right. for fusion. The fusion is probably actually worth it a bit more because it just ups that consistency. But you're still basically going to be criticaling everything you hit, yeah. Which it should do because if it gets into combat, this thing should be ripping you apart because it needs to rip you apart to kind of to be worth it. <laughs> well, it's designed for taking down. I 
walls well, and things yeah. and buildings isn't it like at the end of the day i mean it's it's almost like the um oh what was that assault ram thing in in the law battlebling did a version of it which delivers terminators into a cast something assault pod the castus assault pod or something like that so it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. basically it's the same thing. He rams into the side of something, uh, uses melters and stuff like the. Uh, I've got the name of the flyer now. Begins with the uh, C as well. Like like the uh, the salt ram flyer. Yes. The uh, and the, and also boarding torpedoes in Gothic, in Battlefield Gothic. Yeah, same principle. So yeah, I mean, I can imagine that's that's why they've done it. It's very thematic. But I do mm. like. I think I would be probably tempted if I was making one. You go two grav imploders. Rather than the other ones, because you've got then mm. options. Oh no, that's exactly that's still what I would do. Even that, that was my plan when I was hoping it'd be longer range. I still think it's the best option. Although I do quite like the idea of one with two chainsaws, sounding like four inches away, mainly because it feels like the uh, that kind of the big brother holding the small brother by the top of the head, <laughs> kind of <laughs> fighting in Titanicus. Come, you can't hit me with your power fist. But... <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's going to be one of those strange situations, isn't it, where you don't want to get those that you might not you might be in a position where you don't want to move that three inches mm. to get the extra dice because that would be the difference of being in um shields or outside of shields and of course if you're hitting somebody at, at two inches away because you have to be within two inches to be under the shield but if you're hitting somebody exactly two inches away they're shooting your voids yeah. they can't they can't actually hurt you know they're not doing melee damage against you while you are going straight through their voids because you got bypass and with strength ten and rending causing a lot of damage. I, I think the the only yeah, the other kind of it's not the only the other kind of disappointing thing with this, I guess, is the uh, the carapace, which are really good. It's basically a, a warlord carapace, I believe, from what we've seen with the stats. This is not the titan that needs it because this titan wants to get within eight inches of the of the opponent. At which point, unless you're fighting against another warlord, warlord, we'll say warmaster. Again, there's too many titans with warlord in warlord, warlord war, war war in the title. Stop with the war. You you can't shoot, which would have been this would have been far better on a war master. Mm. I think as that option. I don't know. Talking to a couple of people, I do think I do wonder if this would be a no brainer option on a war master and might make the war master a bit too good. Not too good. It's still not too good, but I think it would up his power level a lot. I want to say that the strength of the Gatlings is quite high as well, if I remember rightly from what I've I seen. I think it's the... six, but the problem is that it's like the one thing I've not had a clear look at. It was a bit blurry, and they've yeah. obviously not done it in the article. Like I say, that there may have been some balancing there. Yeah, pot- potentially, potentially. Uh, it's the one thing, though, I'm cool with this. I think the Iconocast does not need any more support from GW. It's got five we- three weapons. That's cool. Maybe another carapace. We really need some new arms for the Warmaster just to mm. up that variety a little bit. The plasmas are cool, but a giant Gatling or yeah. you know something else, or giant volcanic cannon, giant quake cannon, that'd be pretty cool. Just something to make it, just something to give it a bit, bit of variety than just yeah. plasmas everywhere. I think the one thing that a lot of people have sort of, I, I've seen anyway, um, on the interwebs, the people kind of, their issue with the Iconoclast is because it's so limited in range, you need, you know, it's like, how do I cover the distance to get him into close combat? If you're taking the sword, the Desolator Chain Sword, hmm. assuming it can use the ancillary react, the same ancillary reactors, because looking at the ancillary reactor that we've seen leaked, it doesn't say Iconoclast ancillary reactor, it just no. says ancillary reactor. If you can take the I've forgotten the name of the the one from Plasmetic Bind, something like that. The one that no one takes currently because it's awful on a Warmaster. Yeah, 
But that, that adds one to your speed and one to your boosted speed. Yeah. So that makes you movement seven boosted. So that would give you a, an 11 inch with a normal move or on a charge, it would give you an 11 inch threat, threat range, essentially, with a sword. If you're traitors as well, you can give it the uh, once per game plus two inches move, and yep. then there's then then obviously you've got warp displacement. Warp yep. displacement's always going to be quite useful. I, I think if you're taking this and you're traitors and you're seventeen fifty, you need to take warp displacement just to yep. be able to get up that board as quick as possible. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see how it works when it's actually out. I think hmm. it's. I mean, everyone loves a distraction reaver as is, and there is nothing. <laughs> there is no bigger distraction than this. I mean. I'd almost be wondering, like, can you do you take some of those strats like Noble Sacrifice and run oh, this God. guy stupidly <laughs> hot? Just <laughs> literally just run him straight at the enemy. Everybody's going to be firing at him. Keep boosting those shields and stuff. Get him absolutely smoking hot. And just then just go. Make sure you have a way of re rolling the location dice because you do all that and you go, I'm going to kill your warlord. And then you roll weapon. <laughs> or you run one hit, one hit to the legs, and it goes, ow. Okay. What is, what is it on a meltdown? It's the number of pips on the reactor plus plus D three, D three, and then the damage is scale plus one. You know, <laughs> if you run that into the middle of somebody, D six strength thirteen hits. Like Look, just because it works for your ordax doesn't mean it's going to work. For oh, I, I I love a warlord bomb. I must have that. <laughs> I mean, that's right. a very expensive fire ship. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Right, right, guys, we've got a tactic. What's that? We're going to spend two-thirds of our army to blow up in their deployment zone, which in one of the missions means we've basically lost the game by default because that will be <laughs> almost 75% of our army to try and hopefully, fingers crossed, roll the right location and kill them all. What could yeah. possibly go wrong, guys? Hey, sometimes you just got to roll that hard six. Like, what, that's all I'm saying. Like it could be the thing which it's, it's 1,100 the, points of bomb. It's not even the sex pan for tactics. It's not going to work 60 percent of the time. <laughs> uh, I, I, and it's not only 1,100 points. It's also probably a big chunk of stratagems as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, the game's. Just, I'm just going to roll to see what happens with this explosion, and then if it doesn't work, we can just pack up and go to the bar. Save ourselves yeah. two hours, guys. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> One. <laughs> yeah. Although I think on Noble Sacrifice or whichever it is, which I think is only actually... Is, might have, the one I'm thinking of might only actually be a Loyalist trait. Uh, potentially. Obviously, you've got it, the one where you, can fall, you can choose to fall on them, which for this would be yeah. pretty harsh. But there's, an, there's one which you have to do in the strategy phase, and there's one which yeah. is a reactive one when you blow up, and it gives you... It's like on a one to four, it's a magazine debt. On a five or a six, it's a... Um, thermonuclear explosion, <laughs> and, I, and I think you add your actor to those dice as well. But yeah, anyway, anyway, who's going to be the first person to do that? Let us know. Answers on a postcard. <laughs> well, we've got a big game at the end of the month. Maybe that's maybe that's my, my and George's secret tactic now. Yeah. Anyway, um, we talked enough about the uh, the iconoclast. Yeah. It would be nice to see them out in the wild and see how they actually perform. Just because I know it's not in our show notes, and I think this is probably the right place to cover it. Uh, obviously, the Warbringers Carapace weapon got reclassified in the Traitor book, and it is Corridor. Not Frontal, yeah. it's the Loyalist book. We're not going to dwell on too much here. We both think that's a real shame, because we both feel the Warbringer needs something, because it, it probably is the weakest Titan. That's not to say it's bad. It just 
probably needs a little help. And I think front arc would have given them a little bit of help rather than having to pay for another 25 points on what's a kind of already quite expensive Titan for what it does at the moment. I, I, I kind of had a gut feeling from the start. It was a typo. It wasn't meant oh, yeah. to be there. It was strange that it wasn't FAQ'd. I was about to say, when they didn't correct in the FAQ, I was like, okay, maybe there's a chance then that this is actually what they, they thought it would be. But no. Yeah, it was good while it lasted. Um, I think it was always intended to be. But the, the problem is is that the, the Warbringer doesn't... It's play, It's a bit of a weird place. It's it's yeah. not as cheap as a Reaver, but it's about as hard as a Reaver with a better reactor. Um, the problem is, once you take the Volcanic Cannon on the top as well, you are croaching like Brawler Warlord points costs. And I yeah. know I'd rather have a brawler warlord. Yeah, it needs more yeah. manipuls. Yeah, well, <laughs> lucky you should say that, Peaky, because uh, they can be taking a few more manipuls now in some legios, or at least in, one. Yes, yes, <laughs> they can in in certain legios. Do not change that channel, dear listener. So this is like a first impressions of what we've seen out on the interweb. With regards to the traitor book, obviously the main thing people are going to be interested in is what's changed to the Legios, what on earth are Corrupted Titans all about. And the war gear, of course, because we've got traitor war gear now. So let's start with just a little bit of a, what we've noticed about the, the main Legio changes. So I'll, I'll start straight off the bat and say if you were hoping for a nerf to Furians... You're going to be waiting a little bit longer. Um, Furians <laughs> have remained pretty much untouched by a, a change, well, not really a change, an addition to their awakened machine spirit ability where they can pick what they want and they awaken it on a blank or on a machine spirit dice roll. It does mean that, I, I guess, if that rule was carried over to be allowed to take on the awakened entity role if they're corrupted, then it would become very, very hard. But as it stands, you roll two dice and you pick between the two results that you roll. And we'll talk about the awakened entity uh, table a little bit later on. But yeah, no no change from Legio Furians. Next up is what iteration are we on on this? Is this the third or the fourth iteration of Legio Mortis that we've seen? I believe it's the third, but some people say it's the fourth. So yeah, so there's changes again to Legio Mortis. Um, they reinvent themselves more often than prints, largely. I think the biggest change is to Warmaster's Beneficence. I I was surprised the way that they went with this, Ben. I mean, we, I think we spoke about this in our Mortis uh, deep dive quite a few episodes ago. But, like, originally you could ignore the first time that you had to... That a weapon used draining, essentially. And there was a strange one which had added um, strength to bolters for some reason the first time that they fired. I think that, as a general rule, uh, was fine, but the the timing was a bit weird with it. The fact that it was always the first time, and you couldn't just choose it to be another time. What they've done instead is they've taken away all of that related to draining, and they've made it for one one round of your choice. You choose one weapon, and it gets plus one to its strength, which, which is all right. It, it's... I think, is it, how is it 20 points, 25 points? I actually quite liked the old version. Uh, it was the first time you fired, so you could not fire on turn one if you wanted to, move up into position. And it made some quite cool uh, quite cool different builds, which you wouldn't necessarily see on other Legios because of the heat. So uh, I, I ran a Disco Reaver a few times, all, all lasers. And then the first time I fired, I just shield Bane with all of them to help bring shields down. And if the shields mm. came down, I had some strength eight shots, which was quite cool. Uh, similar ones with volcano cannons and lasers on uh, warlords and and reavers. Uh, so there's quite a few cool bits. This one now is you choose one weapon to get plus one strength for one turn. 
So you really need to make the most of that, like um, like first fire or find other ways to up your firepower, base up the number of times you get to shoot, which I don't know, just I, I guess on something like a carapace Gatlings, it could be really cool. Yeah, I think they've kind of gone a little bit too far with this. Like, I don't think that they need it. Like you say, you have to, you want to be doing first fires on those turns uh, you know, just to get the amount that you can. It's 25 points. I've just checked. It's 25 points. Hmm. I think all they needed to do was leave the rule as it was, but make it a turn of your choice. Yes. Now, I would 100% agree with that. You can shoot turn one, but then like turn two, you go, okay, now I'm going to not drain. And I think that would have been a really good ability then because mm. you could push your reactor turn one and then that first combat phase, you could like be pushing your shields and then know the next turn, if you don't if you don't vent much, you've, you're safe for a turn. Yeah. The main weapons which benefit from this, I think getting a quake up to 10 is probably worthwhile from nine i think lasers up to strength nine will make them a little bit better but strength nine is that kind of weird sort of in the middle kind of area same reason um, i don't i don't i don't rate quake cannons that highly because they're shaped nine <laughs> yeah but a straight yeah. strength 10 quake is you know all right it's just because it's one turn that's what i just don't i don't know i know you can choose the weapon which is quite cool so you know you yeah. can so like if you've got that situation, go right. This Titan's really damaged. I want to finish it off now. Okay, cool. My Gatlings are strength. Let's say my Gatlings. I'm sure strength six. You know, here's twelve shots. So aiming. I'm should. I should kill you. Yeah. But and I, I, I think I think that the biggest bang for the book will probably be those. Will be Gatlings. Mm. Like a, a strength. Always would be a strength nine macro. Uh, strength eight macro Gatling. Yeah. Or a strength. Um, a strength six. six normal. Yeah. No, high shots, good finishes, just gives you that extra, like, little bit of punch. But yeah, um, it, I, I, interesting. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. No, I, I thought after having re- redone it at least once, if not twice, I thought that would have been it. I'd be like, you know, that's, we, we've had our chance to update it. So, yeah, a bit, bit odd. I, I even said I wish they'd done, um, what's it, like a Crusade variant of Mortis as well as one of them. Just there's like a diff, just a different set of rules out there rather yeah. than just reprinting the same one a few times. But yeah, otherwise Mortis are still, I think, pretty I, strong, Ajo. I know I'm not covering it too detail here, but I know one of their personal traits changed quite a bit, and there's a few Mortis players excited about that one. Mm. But you know, it's, it sounds like they're in some ways better. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that change. I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you didn't take it, because I know some people hated that upgrade anyway, but it was the ignore draining for a turn and bolts get plus one strength. If hated it anyway, I don't think this. Is worse for you, but for people I think who liked the upgrade like I did, I think this is I think this is a downgrade myself. I think if you didn't take it before, you would probably be more inclined to take this because yeah. strength plus one strength is is useful everywhere else. It's just I just I don't think it's bad. I just think it's a shame that um, I, I quite liked that original rule and they've changed it. You're quite excited about Vulpa, aren't you, Ben? Uh, so Vulpa's a legion I was tempted to do anyway. So um, basically, I, I don't want my Krytos to have any corrupted titans. I want to keep it separate, and I wanted to. But then I also want to do a full corrupted legion. And Vulpa's kind of the one I lent to because I think they'd be different. There's some cool conversion I can I can do. A little disappointed that they didn't get their decals uh, re-released. Yeah, I mean, I got my Krytos one, so I, I can't. I guess I can't be too un- upset. Um, and it just means I'm going to change my plan a little bit. I'll probably do something a bit more. Corn rather than Volpa, and mm. use Volpa rules. Uh, but yeah, they've got they've got some funky funky bits and pieces. So their their combat upgrade went up, up by five points. So it used to be thirty points, now thirty five points. Yeah. This is the disruption emitters, which um, I mean, it's still worth taking a thirty five points. So 
that probably tells you everything you need to know. Uh, for those you don't know, it gives all your melee weapons plus two strength and all your smash attacks count as being two scale higher. Uh, there is some really nasty stuff you can do with this, especially with Corrupted Legion of Titans we'll come across to later, which is what I've been looking at. Uh, but it does basically mean, like in a Ferox light mana pool, you can have a Warhound do strength 10 smash attacks. That's mental, yeah. Uh, hitting on a free up as well because it's Ferox and also because it's Volper. So they can really just do <laughs> some horrendous damage. Um, I, I've got some cool conversion ideas. They're going to have, uh, what's it, uh, Inferno Cannons because uh, I really want I guess if you're going to be that close, you might as well do something can just burn them and set fire to them. But I'm going to use the Sisters of Battle, what's their, like, Pedersen engine. Mm. They've, their arms, they've got, they've got buzzsaws with flamethrowers in the middle. So that I think that's kind of going to represent the disruption emitters. It's literally going to be them just chainsawing up close as they smash mm. in. But nice. they, they've lost their Plasma Gargoyles, which was always a bit of a meh one, if I'm honest. It was an upgrade which I never really thought was ever worth taking, especially when you're spending probably so many points on the disruption emitters. And they've got a cool one, which uh, firstly works on scale seven or large, uh, will give seven or larger titans. So um, scale seven mentioned. There's quite a few scale five and scale seven mentioned in this book. Yeah. Which gives me hope we might see the rapier and the, I believe it's called the direwolf um, heavy, heavy scout titan, which is mentioned a few times in the bluff. Uh, this is 25 point, sorry, 20 points, sorry. And it increases the booster speed of the titan by two inches and the maneuver by one inch. But the downside is all your weapons without the melee trait are, get, uh, are basically at minus two to hit. Okay, you put that on like a Warlord with two Power Fists. Yeah, or a Reaver with a Chain Fist and a Power Fist. Oh, yeah. And you just, yep, yeah, cool. I'm just going to be charging up this battlefield as fast as I can, smashing anything again the way. That's really cool. I wasn't going to do a Warlord for my Volper. I might now. One with two Power Fists. I think that look Mo- cool. Moving eight inches boosted. Like... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's keeping up with Warhounds. Yeah. I'm going to call it the Shakira Conduits. <laughs> the Shikarian Conduits. They, they did have a slight debuff, just let people know. So it used to be when they were within uh, two inches, they, they used their weapon skill on the Blister skill or something similar to that. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. That's now extended to five inches, which does mean if you're in that awkward two to five inch bubble... You're shooting on your weapons, your ballistic, your weapon skill. Sorry, so you're no, 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 no. no. We, we've re- we're reading that wrong. Within five inches, its weapon skills increased by one. That's it, and, bl- and ballistic skill is reduced by one. That's yeah. it. So that does mean you're you're now hitting on a four up with your shooting at the shorter ranges. Obviously, if you're probably getting that close, you're probably gonna have stuff like Vulcan Megabolters, Gatlings anyway. If you could even have a gun, yeah. so they'll have an inbuilt plus one, so you'd be hitting on freeze anyway. But it is. Um, it does create uh, a, a nice problem for them, especially if like Lawless can be either a Corsair Manipal or take the long retreat and can back up into that awkward bubble for them. You can you can kind of punish them a little bit for trying to go, uh, go so close. Yeah. Also, stuff like Blind Barrage could be quite good to counter it. Uh, or yeah. you're just in some sort of terrain, then Alpha X will be minus two to hit you. So I, I quite like that little tweak. Uh, it doesn't make it quite so much of a no-brainer, easy-to-use combo. Because effectively, if it was like on a Reaver or something... It's just flipping those two stats around, isn't it? You it know, is, your weapon yeah. skill becomes a three plus and your ballistic skill becomes a four plus. But I Vulpa the de facto close combat force. I mean Pretty they much. were all they were always good at it. They're still good at it, probably better than they were before. Uh yeah, especially take some uh, some upgrades. <laughs> 
but it's something that you really need to lean into, I think. Like you say, I mean, like if you're taking the Shakira conduits, then you know you don't take guns. You know, yeah. I'd probably take a warp missile on top or something, then take a fist and a chain fist. Just yeah. lean heavily into it. They're very, very cool. I think Vulper as well probably have a little bit more room to add in some of the war gear and possibly some of the corrupted elements because the close combat weapons tend to be cheaper. Uh, they, they also tend to skew towards lighter maniples, which obviously will be cheaper titans. I suppose we should talk about that there was a little buff to Krytos. Oh, was there? I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like I, I mean... <laughs> This is going to be a quick podcast, so we've probably not got any time for special effects, but I feel like there needs to be a fanfare or something at this particular... Krytos are no longer rubbish. No, no, they're... Um, I'd say they're probably like upper mid-tier, maybe kind of all towards mid-tier, but compared to where they were, I'll take it. Yeah. I no longer feel like I'm taking the rules and I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I love what they've done. They've really kind of... Uh, they've still kind of kept that flavour. Pretty much, just to... Kind of cover over it quickly. The, uh, the, so the Doom of Worlds, which is their ability with these better put uh, an extra Warlord into a, a was it a Mandata? Memadon. Memadon, that's the one, Manipul. Basically, which was kind of cool to, for a while. It was the only way you could get free Warlords um, as your like, minimum Manipul until the Exterge Manipul came out and, yeah, made that a bit pointless. So what they've done now is you can add a Warlord to, to that Manipul still, but also an Axiom or a Fortus instead of a uh, Reaver. Mm-hmm. And it also lets you swap in a Warbringer um, for one of the Warhounds in a Regia or a, pre- a, pre- a Precept Manipul or one of the Reavers in a Fortis Manipul. So there's actually quite a few options think- there where you can rechange the list up and it obviously gives you more towards the heavier Titans, which is what Krytos is famous for. The thing that I think is the most interesting about that is the Warbringer in a regia because yeah you can merge seal it's it says as well normally like you know we, you've heard us say this before like it's like maybe your options are a little bit more limited than you think you are because of the way that the keywords work you know it has to be a warbringer uh, yeah. sorry it has to be a warlord or it has to be a warhound you know so you're limited but it specifically calls out that you know a warlord count a warbringer counts as a warlord i think for the purposes of sharing as a king or queen yes yeah, but basically has an additional Warlord. So obviously that does mean you've now got two Warhound sharing shields with up to three Titans, which uh, you're going to have to be careful with because there's not that many shields of Warhounds to begin with. But it's it's quite a cool option still. And just because just being able to see Warbringers in more lists, I think it's great. Uh, hopefully this should be... Uh, I think the Fortis Maniple is probably where it's at. Have a look. I do. I also do want to mess around there with the uh, Preset Maniple because that's a Maniple I want to try a bit more of going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the stratagems, they basically combine the two rubbish ones into one stratagem, which basically involves da- how they kind of ignore dangerous terrain and they get plus two destroying buildings. If you're not using the building destroying building rules, again, doesn't really do much. But it's nice they've kind of kept it, merged them together, which they added in space for a whole new stratagem, which is called Civilization's Ruin. Uh, it's free stratagem points. And not 100% sure it's worth free stratagem points, but I think it's still in the realm of worth considering. I don't know, Ben. I think that when, when you're about to tell what the rules are, I think <laughs> I think uh, with the right build, this and against it, the right it, opponent, this is going to be yeah. pretty, pretty I good. I would say it's definitely a build-around option. It's definitely an opponent-dependent uh, option. 
But basically what it does do is for one turn, Quake affects Titans with Void Shells up. So you can, on that, uh, with, which combined with second go into their missiles, that just means yeah, you hit them, doesn't matter if the Void Shield saves or not, doesn't matter if the Void's up. They're, they're going to be Quakes the following turn, which is really going to slow them down. Especially like some people are now worried about the Vulper list like we're kind of talking about. Um, well, cool, they're Quakes. They, they're, not, they're not using, they're not going very fast next turn. You just slow them down, giving that one extra turn to probably shoot them. Is, is it just the quake rule that they are affected by, or does it also yeah, include like the just, concussion elements? Just quake. Even so, that that minus to movement is is yeah, it's, it's 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 very good. I'm not so I'm not doing much with that. It's it's good. I just not. I'd like to see it two strashing points. I guess is kind of my. That's kind of like where it feels it's about right. Um, just in case you're thinking, thinking about being cheeky, though, if you do go on split fire orders. You can't use the uh, stratagem, as in that Titan Quake will not be affected by the stratagem. Yeah, and then the other one is the missile upgrade, which was slightly okay, probably not worth taking. Uh, they doubled the number of shots, so now you fire it from a warlord, you get four more shots. You fire it from a reaver, you get two shots. It's gone up slightly in points, but not very many. And combined with the stratagem, I mean, you could have a uh, corsair mana pool with five reavers, all with this upgrade. And on turn one, you just quake the pretty much all the opponent's titans. I, I think those two used in in conjunction with one another is is possibly the way to go. I know you yeah. you you personally built a few lists with a lot of quakes on there, but like yeah, just just using the the weapons that you've got, you know, and for that one turn, you know, okay, you won't be using it to strip shields that turn, but I I think I know what I'd rather have. I'd say the, the main thing is. It's a cool option to at least consider, which they didn't mm. have before. Um, also, all their all their personal traits are great. Well, two of them are great. One of them is good against buildings. But the great thing that's got is that if you're not using the structural building rules, it says just pick one of the other two. Yeah. So Kratos have got have now got basically a one in three chance, so one in two chance of getting a, the personal trait you want. They're both good. I'm all up. I'm now all up for this randomly rolling for personal traits. <laughs> you can probably tell how excited <laughs> Ben is. Oh, it's, it's great. It's it just it just makes them worth it. And obviously, it's not even. You still get the hammer of tyrants. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm it's almost uh, well. So it wouldn't affect my list this weekend at all. So like, I'm not even like, oh god, I wish we were using this to react to down too. It, it, I'm, I'm not because it, it, it's not going to be that much. It would affect. I'd have to rewrite my whole list to make it work. We were joking the other day. Um, we, obviously, we we trying to put things into tiers, like we did with the loyalist legios, and we 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 said, "Oh yeah, tier five is basically Krytos." And we're like, "Well, is tier five Krytos? Maybe Krytos is actually tier six, and <laughs> and no legio rules was tier five. Just taking no legio at all was better than taking Krytos. But I think now they are comfortably." They've got a niche. They've got a thing that they can do. Mm. That yeah, I I really like what they've che- they've done. I I love the theme. Oh yeah, they have a gimmick which isn't an optional rule. Yes, <laughs> which was the problem before. It does now mean the more important question: which Legio do we take the mick out of for being the worst? Uh, I, I think it's the Morning Stars. Uh, was Astro uh, Astroman? Is it yeah. Astroman though, or 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 they're pretty bad. <laughs> They, they came bottom of the loyalist rankings. Or is it the Murder Lords? I oh, know. Um... The, the Murder Lords, I, I mean, the problem with Murder Lords is you say, you say they're rubbish and they'll be that one game, it all works. Yeah. And, and it'll be frustrating as hell for your opponent. 
Yeah, we'll be. Um, I think we need to come back to that question when we've actually done a tier breakdown for the traitors in a new format. Uh, the the thing which I'm quite interested to see is, will we now see a few more Tempestus players? I've seen lots of beautifully painted Tempestus mm. legios out there, and largely there wasn't anything huge which changed for them. The main thing was the tra- change to their stratagem. Before, that stratagem, combat drop, was pretty pointless. You had to roll so you had to say I'm I want this to turn up now and it had to be from turn two onwards and then you had to roll a dice to see if they actually turned up and then when they did finally turn up if you didn't get it on the turn that you wanted to it landed it scattered and then it potentially span around as well and then couldn't shoot anything until the next turn it was absolute garbage it was it was a hot mess but there's me complaining about the quake rule being free 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 strategy points being like oh i'm not sure it's worth it then you say that for free yeah. strategy points like you know what i'm actually okay it's fine it was a it was a poor outflank now it's a good outflank because the, what they've done is they've changed the rules to allow you to a choose the turn from turn two on you just choose the turn that it turns up you still have to scatter and you can still possibly scatter into like buildings and collide with things, but the main difference is you aren't turning anymore, and on that turn that you turn up, you can also shoot in the combat phase. Now, that, I think, is going to cause some havoc, because you could literally drop these things. Like It has to be scale 6 or below, so it's going to be like a, a Warhound or smaller that's going to be coming in. And it is still 3 points, but then if you were outflanking a Warhound, it would be 3 points anyway. You can drop this thing down right behind somebody and then immediately open up on them. Mm. And just the fact that your opponent will have no inclination as to where that drop pod's going to be coming in, like outflank, you you at least know the side that they're coming in. It can come anywhere along each side, but you know the side that they're coming in before they actually turn up. I think I think that that's going to be really interesting. I think it's definitely made it um, a useful option. Um, it's also... I mean. I guess the, the only kind of downside still of it, a bit like outflank, is, I mean, yes, you can't counter it as much, but you still kind of know it's coming. Yeah. So there is that was like that's that's one of those problems with outflank. Oh, you're going to outflank. Okay, cool. So unless I have to be on those table edges, I'm just not going to get near, near the table edge till you turn up and I'll counter it. This one's obviously has less counters than that. Obviously, has a bit more of a risk. I mean, it's nice to see it's just usable. Um, I would say I actually kind of prefer the other changes to Tempestus, which I think have made a bit more of a distance. So, so the um, the laser upgrades now kind of worth it, I reckon. The Casmata, uh, should... yeah, the because yeah. I I want to I'm trying to remember what I've heard elsewhere whether or not this was swapped, but now adding what is it five inches, six inches. Six the inches short- to short range, so your short range on your laser blasters, which need it, not the other ones, don't need it that much, is twenty two inches. Uh, which is kind of that like effective combat range, yeah. And, be- and and the reason that they need it is because of that minus one that those weapons get at long range. Having twenty two inches of effective range with three dice, or if you are even better on a warlord, right? Because the problem with those on a warlord was, unless you're shooting at another warlord or bigger, you've yeah. effectively got a six inch sweet spot where you could actually shoot things without a minus one because anything else is going to be under your carapace or further beyond the 16-inch and you're taking a minus one. Now it's 22 inches. It's a whole extra foot of the table, 
that you will be getting six dice. Not a whole extra. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> it's, Half it, of it. it's it's a foot of difference. Like yeah. not a foot. No, you know what I'm saying. It's a foot yes. of effective range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where you're getting six dice hitting on threes. And so I mean, we've been talking about for a while. We're on a bit of a crusade, I guess, unknowingly to make uh, you know just kind of make lasers worth it and. I've kind of latched onto Legio Venator because they can um, ex- go into an Extergimus with Reavers and they can squadron, so you can kind of start making them strength 11, at which point, ow. But yeah, th- this is kind of a, a nice upgrade just better make them worth it. It's still kind of pricey, but you're probably going to have some points left over. Uh, the other one as well is the, uh, the their Fury of the Machine has just completely changed now. And it's only kind of can boost the strength of one of your weapons as long as you've taken critical damage, which kind of just lead kind of leans into their theme of uh, like with glory and death. So as you're doing damage to them, their the danger factor coming back you gets higher. And then obviously when they die, they still get the rule where they can potentially shoot all the weapons at you, and they will be at their higher strength because they're critical. I, I quite like it. It's, it's um, it, I like the change they've made. They 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 were never a bad Legio in the first place, but obviously that that's that trait was bad, and the the upgrade was okay. Now the upgrade I think is good, and the stratagem is definitely at the worst worth considering taking. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're not obviously going to cover every single Legio. We're just trying to point out a few things which we've liked and we sort of caught on oh. i think the one thing that you wanted to point out was the, the the one thing which you thought was actually a bit of a nerf yeah so the one legio i think's kind of gone backwards a bit uh in a cool way because i think it's giving you more options is legio infernus with the uh fire uh the fire masters so they basically lost the dark blessing ability which basically gives them a re uh, upgrade he's given a reroll every turn and they'd be minus one command that kind of has actually become now just a generic war gear option that traitors can take, so everyone can take this. The kind of cool thing is, though, they now, they get to have an extra mutation uh, on top of their normal Titan size. So if you really want to go down the Corrupted route, this is the Legio for you, which does make sense, because I believe they were the first Legio to have a Corrupted Titan. Yeah, yeah, they can go proper wibbly. Yeah. Uh, the other mini nerf... Uh, which I'm, I don't think will shock anyone, is Legio Tritonus. The uh, Stygian Veil is now three strategy points, not two. I don't think many people are going to complain about that, to be no, honest. It was still arguably one of the best stratagems in the game. Yeah. Uh, but the personal trait, which allows them to take it more than once, reduces the, the next one to two points. Yeah. So you can still get two Stygian Veils for five if you get the right uh, personal traits. Personally, I don't mind that. I think it was a bit too good. Um, I think that's a good change myself. It's not a crippling change either. This st- is still a very good, um, very good strategy. Yeah, I think that we kind of leave the legios there. There's a couple of other small changes to the legios, but um, you know we're trying to keep this short. And there's other things we want to talk about, like corrupted titans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I-, I think just on a personal note, I was disappointed that there wasn't any additional changes to legio Ordax. Um, it would have been nice to see something, but I think we knew that was probably as one of the later legios unlikely to happen. I I would just like the change where they can take any manipul with reavers and warhounds in, and they just change warhounds, uh, sorry reavers to warhounds. I think would have been a fi- fine, just give a bit more variety. Yeah. I guess the only downside to that is probably everyone would take Ferox. But I think as we're about to kind of really talk about and go into, as we've mentioned, they've started talking a lot about Scale 7. Yeah. And they've also mentioned quite often, as we go into the Corrupted Titans, 
scale five gets referenced again, and then we still obviously don't have those scales. So maybe they are they have been retained at that level. Maybe something else is coming in the future. Who knows? We can we can only hope. We can only hope. There, there are, as I said, there are names for them. Um, I, I it would be a shame if we didn't, and you have all those. We have all that kind of hints and stuff. If it ends up just being. The, the stuff we've got currently. I, I, I would be yeah. surprised if we didn't see LEC size five, scale five because that's been hinted at for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think before we get into the corrupted Titans, let's just do a quick pass at the, the traitor-specific war gear. So um, the universal war gear, we wondered, would we get anything else? No, yeah. seems to be the answer. Uh, there's no additional universal war gear. There is also no... From what I can gather, any anyway, there's no traitor equivalent of a vortex missile, uh, which stands to break the game. Well, um, I don't know. They, they get they get mutations. <laughs> right. We'll see <laughs> if they break the game. But yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's there's a there's a few a few interesting Titan upgrades. I'm kind of happy and also sad. There's no extra ones. I'm kind of happy because it means if you don't want to buy the traitor book, because you only play loyalists. You don't need to buy the trader book, which is a common mm. tactic by games companies to kind of make you buy something is to put a little bit of everything in there. Uh, I know FFG were really bad at this, so they do a big box expansion for their card games, and they just put a couple of cards in for every other faction to kind of make you have to buy the big box expansion um, if you didn't necessarily want to. But at the same time, it would be nice to get a few more universal upgrades. So, yeah, you know, I'm happy with it. I'm going to buy both. I'm going to buy all the books anyway. So, you know. I probably shouldn't complain too much. I mean, now that we know as well what Corrupted Titans do, I'm going to be looking back at some of those Loyalist war gears that we haven't really experimented with, which affect Corrupted Titans. So it's it's definitely going to take a new whole new take on, on the book, okay. uh, on, on the Loyalist Legios for me. But there's some interesting things here. There's not a huge amount. I don't know if the numbers are comparable. Oh, uh, they are. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's six um, additional Titan upgrades. So, so I'm going to start with my favourite one. I'm going to talk about it's the uh, and I know it's one you like, Peaky. It's the uh, focus capacitors, which makes maximal plus free strength. I mean, maximal fire is great, right? Everyone loves maximal fire, but you lose long range. Yeah. So it's I kind of like it. Um, I I was trying to work out if it'd be worth it in the Sun Fury or something like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool. I, I think the the best option is just put it on some Warhammer plasma blast guns and just run up super close in a ferox and just go these strength 12 yeah i think you you have to i mean obviously they're quite pricey it's 10 points times sorry 10 points times the dice value plus five points for every every attack so a yeah. plasma blast gun is 10 points basic then an extra two 10 points because it's two shots for yeah. 20 point upgrade uh, a sun fury would be 30 points and the uh one on the war master would be 25 points yeah, it is worth noting though that when we say that it loses its long range, it only loses its long range when you choose to use these war gear, this particular war gear. So it, it from what I can gather anyway, it, it doesn't mean that yeah. your plasma blast guns are only strength eight. Uh, it's only only range eight. Um, they are still range twenty four, but they'd be maximal firing on 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 a ten at that sort of range. When you're within eight inches though, and you're hitting on your threes again. Um, then you can up, you up it to strength eleven, and yeah, shenanigans occur at strength strength eleven. I would be very very happy with um, with that. Um, it does make them a bit pricey. You know, we're talking fifty five points for a plasma blast gun on a warhound, which is quite a lot. Yeah, I'm 
think it's potentially worth it if you can get. I, I think it's at least worth considering. I think you have some. I think you have some really good fun with it. Yeah, especially um, in like you say, like in the Ferox, um, yeah. or for instance, like we were saying with Legio Tempestus, if you're going to be like hot dropping a a Warhound behind enemy lines, you know, and it's going to turn up and it's going to shoot. Yeah, you probably want to think about sticking this on one of their plasma blast guns, or take two plasma glass blast guns <laughs> and just go pew pew. Um, yeah, it would be quite nice, um, especially if that was coupled with Ferox in the rear. So uh, there's also quite a nice one, which I I don't know. I don't know about how much I like this or not. Uh, but basically, when a Titan with uh, it's called Singular Purpose. Yeah. Basically, when a Titan it's 15 points. When a Titan's upgrade, uh, start the game. You choose a result on the uh, Awakened Entity table, and you just do that. There's no rolling on it. If you fail, you just do that. So it's um, that's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, obviously, it doesn't involve that you are failing, so you can't really rely on it. But if you've got a combat, combat if you've got a combat reaver, it might be worth it. Just make sure you're moving forwards. Yeah, there's also not many options on the Awakened Entity that I would actually choose. <laughs> um, you, you wouldn't be choosing Fearful, for instance, and retreating <laughs> every time that you, you have to do this. <laughs> You know, real man challenge, Peaky. You have to take on every single one of your titans. You have to choose fearful, and you have to try and win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's again. Uh, okay. We'll come to those in a minute. Oh, there's there's probably one or two which you would just choose. Like, I don't know why you would choose any of the other ones, but yeah, yeah. It's 15 points. It's a good sweet spot kind of points cost for a piece of war gear. There's the they've got their their equivalent of the uh, the hunting rounds, which is called the creative payload. Uh, basically, same kind of thing, but it just adds plus one to all armor rolls. I'm not sure it's worth it myself. I think that's quite pricey. The hunting rounds are really good, and I think these are okay. Yeah, it's it's the whole five times the weapon's dice value. So if you're sticking it on on a Gatling, which is where you want them probably. It's, it gets pricey very, very quickly. That's what, an additional 30 points on a macro Gatling. It's an additional 60 points on a uh, carapace Gatling. Yeah, <laughs> it does add up fast yeah. on those. Yeah, it does. Um, and if you're going to be adding that sort of amount of war gear, I'd probably be leaning towards cor- making them a corrupt titan and spending that money on on mutations. But yeah, there's, there's there's some good good stuff in there. There's definitely um, things that you can build around. I, I quite like Marco Conquest, which is it's a ten point upgrade, and you you pick an enemy titan, visible enemy titan from ten inches, and then minus one to command. There is some legios. I think this could be quite good with, and there's some mana pools, special one, which may, means you can force them to shoot the target you want. Yeah, I think this could be quite fun. Also, well, again, we'll get again. Excuse me. We'll get on with this. If you're playing against a corrupted Legio, which are already are going to be at minus two potentially to their command, minus three basically means you're not doing orders, not reliably yeah. anyway. And you're failing your awakened entities a lot. Yeah, which yeah. is good or bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shall yeah. we actually? We talk. We danced around the subjects a lot, Ben. We've talked a lot about corrupted titans, but nobody is actually. Well, I say nobody knows. Everybody who's been on the internet for the last few days probably already <laughs> knows, but. Yeah. Let's let's sort of dig into um, some corrupted titans. So I think that the the main question that people have around corrupted titans is around their new awakened entity table. Yeah, it's quite good and bad. Yeah, I think it's 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 it feels having read it, it feels very thematic. Like 
I think a lot of people had um, questions, you know, how powerful were Corrupted Titans going to be? And the answer is they can become very powerful. But the Awakened Entity table in and of itself is less reliable. Mm. Whereas with the normal machine spirit, things happened, they were a bit annoying, but generally, apart from if you rolled like a one, they would do something be uh, repair itself or move or shoot or do something the awakened entities are very let's say mercurial (laughs) i guess um and it's really really nice and the thing that you really have to watch out for here is that there is quite a few which say nearest visible unit friend or foe yeah that's that's one of the big changes they're not as controllable no, so I think a savvy corrupted Titan player needs to make sure that he's not getting himself in positions where his Titans are shooting <laughs> or charging their own dudes. And, and um, the thing is, you know, it's going to be the last Titan you move that's going to fail it, and then have to yeah. charge its own its own friend in the bum. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, really, if corrupted Titans are going to benefit quite a lot from things like Bastion shielding because. Pushing those titans, mm. especially if you're Furians, um, you know, and you're failing it on two sides of the dice, um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. There's also, and also to counter that, uh, to add to that, uh, so corrupted titans have worse command. Uh, if they have the, so probably should explain. So the way it works, you get your base mutation. You have to have, you have to have one base mutation to be a corrupted titan. Unless you take a funky bit of war gear, it can kind of count as one, but we're not going to kind of touch on that. And then if you take a second mutation, which can have as many two to four, depending on the scale of the Titan, you get minus two to your command tests. If you only have the base mutation, you're minus one. So you're more likely to fail the Machine Spirit Awaken rolls as well. And yeah, they're, 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 they're not as good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and just in case you're going like, oh, Furians, that's fine. I just choose. You don't choose a corrupted Titans. The, there's quite a few bits in here where there's personal traits or the Furians rule, which is like if you're a corrupted Titan, you roll two dice and pick the res- pick the result you want. So yes, you may still get the result you want with Furians, and you're a bit more reliable. You may still get two bad results. You might roll a double one, and then your choice is to retreat. Yeah, yeah. it's you know I. I I think that there are ways around the orders side of it. Um, taking maniples, for instance, which automatically pass on a two plus uh, certain order types. That is a way around that. There's also stratagems as well, which could, you can work around that negative using stratagems. But one thing they have made it very clear is that legio rules do not affect the the negative. So the example that they gave here is the legio coolicitized callous trait or any Princeps Senioris trait does not reduce that minus to command. So really, the, although there's ways of working around a lot of it, I think the biggest impact here is going to be pushing those Titans. There is going to be a big risk-reward when you are pushing those Titans. And that's what I was trying to explain to people when I was talking to people about this, the Volper list that I've made. Uh, they have an upgrade we can get, get onto, which means they automatically pass charge orders, which is great because minus two to command tests, even if you take uh, Bloodlust. You're still just getting back to your base five up. You're not like likely to pass. However, <laughs> um, so, however, getting there 
without boosting your speed too much, without the, the ability to potentially full stride with confidence, it's going to take you a few more turns to get there. But when you do get there, oh, it's going to be brutal. Yeah, yeah. And and it might make you think twice about pushing your shields Yeah, um, and, well, and, and things like that, or taking weapons with drain. Yeah, see, the shield one's probably the one which is the least because it's always kind of nice when you get like a free action from just... Mm boosting your shield rolls so i don't mind but yeah the, the draining one's always annoying when you get like the yeah you've lost your attack um and yeah. then and you said uh, the, the boosted movement there's nothing worse than going yeah here's my combat reaver first turn oh i fair you know rolled an awakened machine spirit on on the on the on the full on the uh power to locomotives oh look i'm shooting a gun on turn yeah. one when i'm 36 inches away Yes, but the problem, but something you do have to be cognizant of, I guess, is that yeah, you know, it might be better to boot on a on a on a shield move, but there are results on this awakened entity table which can actually move you backwards. Yes, and and if you are trying to charge, yeah, you could find yourself yeah further away than you started. It it'd be unfortunate, but I say it's, it's, I never mind as much when it's a shield shield thing because it still it hasn't affected your game plan and movement. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, 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 fair enough. But be definitely like the the, pre, the precept mana pool, that ability to choose one order every turn and you do it on a two plus is going to be really good for corrupted yeah. titans. Um, you know, oh, okay, this turn I need my reaver charge. Cool, we're going up for the you know we're going chargers on two plus. Okay, this turn I need to repair some stuff. All emergence repairs on two up. That ability, that might be the corrupted titan mana pool. Which is good because it's not a, a maniple that you see actually that often. No, no, uh, it's not. Obviously, as you said, like the other ones, like the one that can actually pay on two plus, that's probably got a place. Um, potentially, actually, the mer- I always get the wrong one. The one that allows you to shoot on a go do first fire on a, or split fire on a two up. Myrmidon. Myrmidon. Yeah. That might actually be fantastic with corrupted titans. Yeah. My only worry is the titan can be too expensive to make a workable list. Yeah, potentially. But I think that, you know, just being like, okay, I'm going to say take a really tough Titan that can shoot lots and gets an extra shooting attack, maybe. And I'm going to first fire and I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I'm, and I'm going to make the most of the fact that I don't need to move much. Yeah. Okay, let's quickly go through the awakened entity table and just give people an idea of what you can expect. So if you roll a one, it's called contemptuous. And basically all that does is it ends the current action, there's mm. no effect. So again, if if you're doing it on a shield push, fine. But if you're obviously boosting for movement, then you know, or shooting your gun, or shooting your gun, it basically it just yeah. stops. Like you don't you don't get to shoot, you don't get to move. Whatever it is you're choosing to do, fearful is an interesting one. Um, fearful basically, the corrupted titan immediately moves d three inches straight backwards, adding one to the roll for each point of critical damage the titan has suffered. So it could be potentially d three plus three. If it's like, well, it could be more than that. I suppose it could be D three plus eight. Yeah, depending on if you have taken damage in multiple areas. I mean, um, you'd be unlucky to get to D three plus eight, but it yeah. could be D three plus eight. Yeah, um, and it does stop before it collides anything. Um, but if it was move more than its boosted speed characteristic, it suffers D three strength eight hits to the legs. So in that instance, there, for instance, if you have got three points of critical. You know, let's, let's say four points of critical. Uh, you roll a three, and you're in a warlord. You boost the moment to six. 
if you roll effectively you've moved a seven you're taking damage to the legs which could be could be a big deal and strength eight is it's not huge but it's not to be sniffed at the thing is though if you're probably moving your boosted movement that far you potentially take into damage to your legs yeah so it potentially is a bit more than strength eight um then on a three they've got bullish so it immediately moves a number of inches equal to its base speed characteristic straight forwards stopping if it collides with anything and then after the move had ended and after resolving the effects of any collisions it turns up to 45 degrees towards the nearest enemy unit um and if and, and that's it basically it moves forward and it turns uh, it has to be straightforward um and if it can't do that because it's immobilized or anything it basically just ends the turn same as before blood hungry so from a four plus upwards basically is when we start seeing um <laughs> some, some interesting stuff happening. Um, so 4 plus is blood hungry. Um, so it immediately moves a number of inches um, equal to its base speed characteristic straight forwards. Uh, so similar to bullish. Um, and straight forward towards the closest unit within its front arc, stopping before it collides with anything. And, and it's very good um, he says friend or foe. Yeah, if there are no units, friend or foe, within its front arc, it turns 45 degrees towards the nearest enemy unit instead of moving. Um, And then, if there is a unit, friend or foe, within one inches of it, it makes a smash attack at D3 plus one. So, particularly if, like, the Volper list I'm looking to do, this would be devastating to end up doing D... uh, Well... I don't know if it would be D3 plus one because I've also got ways of boosting my smash attacks. Could potentially yeah. be doing four smash attacks of strength 10 to my own round in the arse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the first one. Uh, and then five is destructive. So you choose a weapon at random. If it's been disabled, the weapon is repaired, which is pretty that's good. That's cool. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it attacks with the chosen weapon, targeting the nearest visible unit, friend or foe that it can fire at, at a ballistic skill or weapon skill of 4+. So if you're behind, if if your warlord is sat at the back and he rolls this and, you know, the rest of your forces in front of it, people are getting shot in the bum. Yep. <laughs> so just be careful of that. Um, and then the last one, Wrathful's on a 6. So this one, um, you choose one of the Titan's weapons that's not been disabled and you attack with it using a ballistic skill and weapon skill of 4 plus essentially that's like the non that's the more reliable version of um of destructive and and if all the weapons have been destroyed you just choose one to repair yeah um which, yeah. which is cool I, I i really like that so yeah so it, it's not so when we saw the warhammer community preview article i thought all of these were going to be really bad because they picked the probably the worst one the most extreme, which is cool because you kind of want to see, you know, the top end and stuff you're doing. I still really like this though. The fearful one, I think, is really cool. Having the kind of like, you know, the um, the demon inside being like, you know what? I don't actually want to die. I've lived for like ten thousand years or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get out of here, guys. <laughs> what it, what it's kind of like, um, I think, really obvious about this is that. It's, it's like I think we said before. It's it's a bit risk versus reward. Mm. You know, there is a lot of damage that you can do, but you're going to have to be clever and you're going to have to be a bit savvy with your placement of people. You might not be pushing as often as you are, and if you do still plan on pushing, then you better have, you know, you better be conscious of what can happen mm. um, and your placement on the board because 
random stuff can happen. There's also, we won't go into this because we haven't um, done any of the other personal traits, but instead of the D6 list in the regular book, Corrupted Titans have their own specific D6 list of personal traits. You can you can still take your D3 from your Legio, but I believe you have to take this D6 list if you're going to be a Corrupted Titan rather than the list from the original book. Yes, yeah, and it, it's a cool list though. There's some really good abilities on there. Um, if you can pick, there's some very strong combinations you could do with it. If you're rolling, it's less reliable. Yeah. Should we cover the base mutations then? Yeah. Give people an idea what this kind of said. You can only have one of these, which is really annoying because I would actually mind having a couple of these and some titans. Yeah. There's essentially to be corrupted, you have to have a base mutation, mm. and if you're having a base mutation, you're on a minus one to your command check. Um, then you've got your additional mutations as well, which up that to a minus two and, and add combos and add certain things. And it's worth noting as well that some of the additional mutations can only be taken if you have taken a certain base yeah. mutation. But there is some really interesting stuff in here. I quite like Frozen Soul. Yes. So Frozen Soul is only 15 points, so it's quite cheap. And during the damage control phase, a Titan with this upgrade can roll two additional repair dice, but they have to be used to vent plasma. So you've effectively got just a little pocket of additional dice that you can vent plasma on. Which is cool. Which is very cool. And also means you can take some combos where you want to run a bit, you can risk running a bit hotter. Yeah, yeah, and and it does lead into some other things as well. But like often, you know, the amount I've been in a lot of situations where it's like, oh, do I get do I get a shield back, or do I get myself out of the orange, you know, or do I um, repair that critical point of damage, or do I get myself out of the orange? Like this, I mean, obviously, like you're going to need a a four plus event plasma. So out of those two dice, probably only one of them will come up unless you take other upgrades. But it's 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 effectively an extra mini pool that you can kind of just keep to the sides and you know on a wall or that's six dice that you're going to be rolling two of which for your plasma like that's a lot of dice so i gonna say I, I the one i quite like which i kind of hinted at the last one which is why i'm looking at my volpa is um overwhelming rage a type of this <laughs> yeah. base mutation uh, which is 15 points uh, adds one to the dice values of all their melee weapons including smash attacks um, in addition, they automatically pass charge orders about command test. That's that's pretty pretty cool. For only fifteen points. Um, yeah, that that that's your combat. Okay. Oh, how am I going to pass my command test to charge? I'm just going to also do it. It's fine, guys. Don't worry. I think another one. If you went, if you wanted a more reliable Volper mutation list, a uh, corrupted Titan list, but you were willing to scale back their attacks because let's face it, they're pretty good anyway. Um, preternatural grace. Yeah. Is, is another good one. So this basically gives you, for five points less, the Graphonicus um, submotive reactors without the negatives that you take on the legs. So it's 20 points, and once per round, a Titan with this mutation can declare power to the locomotives or power to stabilizers without pushing its reactor. So it's, it's like the Graphonicus one, but you can only use it once. So you couldn't use it on the move and a full stride it's only once per round but you're not taking that potential extra heat if you get hit in the legs i had i had a lot of, when i was making the list i those those were the two i was that i undenied about and i ended up going with the rage because it was slightly cheaper which made the list a bit easier to do but also mm. you know i kind of looked at it i can i don't want to be running all the way there and then not be able to charge oh yes and that's fair 
If you could take two base mutations, I would have taken both. And this is it, right? You've got to yeah. choose the one because yeah. you can't you can't combo them up so um, so easy. What is an interesting one is Unholy Vigor. This one is 25 points, so it's a little bit more expensive, but the Titan counts as suffering one less point of critical damage. So, for instance, you would need... I think you get a VSG burnout on the second critical of the body. You would not suffer that until the third, which also would mean that you would not take Reactor Leak 2 at all. It also means you can't be immobilised. Yes. Because that's the last result on the legs. Yeah. But you still count the damage there for the purpose of killing it. So yeah. that's, the, that's the kind of definition. To it. So four critical hits still kills a re to the leg, still kills any normal Titans, not a Warmaster. The first point of critical damage, you suffer no ill effects. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And on top of that, you repair criticals on a four plus. Yeah. So again, it's harder to kill them because they can get to that damage control phase. They can just get rid of all the critical damage on the body or whatever you're yeah. hitting. So it just makes them that little bit harder to finish off. I mean, if you can imagine taking this and taking them in, say, like a Fortis Maniple, for instance, where if they're in base-to-base -base contact, they're not taking any of those minuses when their hulls are compromised. Mm. You know, you're going to be chipping away at them point at a time, couple of points at a time, and then, as well, they're going to be repairing those. It might buy them an extra turn. It probably won't, you know, stop the Titan from dying, but it's it can... An early, an early critical hit to a location can be quite bad even if you've only taken a couple of points and a critical being able to just get that straight off so you're only basically sat on a devastating hit can be quite useful the other thing i quite like with these ones as well so there's a there was a complaint i saw quite early on oh they've they've not done like god pacific um mutations i actually think if you look into this you could theme like a corn a corn like unholy rage and all the extra attacks uh a nurgle one that's very resilient very hard to yeah. kill you You've got the like uh, there's some other ones here which allow you to like change your weapons mid game, which kind of feel very zinchy. So I think if you if you think about it, the themes are are there. They're just not you know it's not like 40k marker corn only. This makes you really yeah. good at combat. It's just yeah. a bit more nuanced, which I, I love because heresy is a little bit more nuanced. We're not you know they've not had ten thousand years to no. get stereotyped. They're kind of just like you know they're, they're kind of just exploring the, these gods. They they're not. You know they're not they they kind of just awaken these powers, so it kind of makes sense. It's not quite so. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mortarian's not there going like you know, afternoon, Papa Nurgle, how you doing, yeah. mate? Like <laughs> you know, I mean, Mortis are not going you know, hail, I mean, hail Nurgle. Like, they, they literally like like the Death God turn up. Basically, they're not Death God, so they turn up on Terror. Hmm. So you know, they, again, it doesn't make sense that they would have you know all these massive Nurgle powers because they've. So sometimes some of them they probably haven't manifest them yet they probably don't, they can't control it you know, it's like no. it's like a superhero movie where they've just got their powers and they're just like oh god oh i didn't mean to I do mean, that i didn't mean to do that mr stark sorry <laughs> i think even fulgrim probably just thinks he's got a bit of a penchant for nipple caps all of a sudden <laughs> rather than <laughs> actually knowing who, who he's <laughs> Who he's serving, but anyway, yeah. So, so sorry, I'm just this quick one. I'm smashing like the, like the world eaters. Like, have we got more angry? Are we always this angry? I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, is it's this always been us? <laughs> yeah. Like, are we are we really this angry? Because because the Iron Warriors think we've got angrier, but I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Right, let's talk. Let's talk additional mutations. Oh, there's like, so many to choose from here. That's the only issue yeah. here. Right, we, we we couldn't. We could. Like, this is supposed to be a quick episode. I can already <laughs> tell it's probably not going to be a quick quick episode. <laughs> there, there's ten. There's ten here. You can. I would quickly cover. I think one or two that we like, and also how many you can take. So again, scale five or less titans mentioned again. <laughs> Just yeah, the key having the same. Uh, they can have one additional mutation. Uh, six to eight can have two, nine to ten can have three, and then eleven plus can have four. Obviously, we did talk about if you are the um, Elysio Infernus, you can have one additional one on top of all that. So you could have a Warmaster with five mutations. Uh, that would be literally all your points, no matter what side you're <laughs> yeah, playing. <probably>. But <laughs> but you you can do it. Yeah, there's a few more options here, and like I say, some of these can only be taken if you have taken a previous upgrade. There is, I think there is one exception which I've seen here, which actually talks specifically as a buff for a Legio, and that is Pestilence uh, pestilence Cloud. So Mordaxis have always been, I don't know, I, I, I know some people love them. I know um, friend of the show and Goonhammer um, aficionado Zach Bear loves Mordaxis, and um, it's one of the Legios that he's got. I've never been able to really wrap my head around them. I've always had... I've, I've kind of always dis, like shied away from them, I guess, because their ability not to be able to push their reactor and stuff like always put me off. Like It's just not the way that I play the game. Mm. But Pestilence Cloud... Um, so th- this one is... So you have to have... For, for the majority of people, you have to have Unholy Vigor as the base mutation. And you can be upgraded with this additional mutation for 15 points. And what you do is you subtract one from the result of all repair rolls made for any units within seven inches of one or more Titans with this mutation. Units with the Unholy Vigor base mutation and Legio Mordaxis Titans are unaffected by this mutation. So here as well, I think we've got a little bit of a a little bit of a risk reward thing, right? Because if your Titans, you have other uncorrupted Titans or other Titans within your Legio which aren't either Mordaxis or with that Unholy Vigor base mutation, they're going to suffer that as well. There is no differentiation between the two. Legio Mordaxis, flat out immune to this issue. And on top of that, if a Legio Mordaxis Titan takes this mutation, then the above effects do not apply. And, in a, and instead, the range of its techno toxin effects increases to six inches instead of four inches and you do not need the unholy vigor base mutation to take pestilence cloud um but you do need a base mutation yeah so you can kind of work around and change these things a little bit specifically for more daxis i quite like that because you know they're a, a nurgle legio and it gives them another region to really lean heavily into that kind of nurgly theme uh- I'll tell you one of my favourite ones here because I misread it the first time I I, I saw it, and the uh, the Goonhammer article kind of um, tweaked me to it. Uh, Withering carapace, right? The, writhing, writhing. Sorry, uh, writhing carapace. Yep. It, so it's fifteen point upgrade. Uh, once per turn at the start of the strategy phase, touch this mutation replaces its carapace weapon with a different carapace weapon from the same class for equal or less points than the starting weapon. That comes quite important later on. Uh, this counts the Titan's activation for the phase, so you can't give it orders. What this does mean, though, is you could start off with, let's say, turbo lasers, because I think they're about the most expensive carapace weapon. 
Turn one, turn those into warp missiles. <laughs> Which can you do that? What yeah. could you do? Well, I suppose it has to, but it has to. So you could do it on a reaver. Yeah. So talk about reaver. Talk about like a course yeah. example, Peaky, because it's it's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So first turn you fire five warp missiles. Then the next turn you do it again and you turn to everyone. So you go, oh, you're you've still got lots of shields left, so I'll go Vulcan Megabolter. Then later on, oh, all your shields are down. Cool. I'm gonna turn this like into maybe like into turbo lasers or something to do a bit more yeah. damage. There's quite a lot of cool stuff you can do with that. That flexibility. Just be able to go, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I guess you could then turn it back into warp missile later and have another warp missile shot. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is the weapon you paid for. It just changes into something else. So potentially you change something else and change it back to the warp missile and get another shot. Potentially that one I might need to see an FAQ on or something. Interesting use of it. I've not really thought about it like that. But I can't see any reason why you couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and if the weapon, if you do disable the carapace weapon, this weapon has no effect. You can't change it, um, unfortunately. But I think that's just kind of cool. And that's kind of very... I guess Zinchin, just be able to go, yeah. uh, you know, and, and also just that that tactical tactical flexibility. Like if you send to me a Corsair Maniple, go, you pay 45 points, you can change your carapace weapon to whatever you need it to be that turn. I'd be like, oh, yeah, where do I sign up, please, boss? Yeah. Yeah. Four, and 15 points is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. Oh, not 45, sorry, yeah. seven, uh, 70, 75 points. But still, yeah. but still, yeah. um, right, fine, cool. I will just span out these hundreds of different weapons as and what I need. I think on the other end of the scale, though, you've got things like preternatural red, uh, regeneration. So this is a whopping 50 points uh, that you pay for this particular additional mutation. But what it does do, it gives you an additional two repair dice. So if you were to couple this <laughs> with uh, Frozen Heart, for instance, as your base yeah. mutation, on a Warlord, you've got six dice basic, that you can do whatever you want with, and two specifically for your reactor. That's a lot of repairing. If you were to couple that as well with, say, a um, oh, what's the what's the maniple where you can pass an a, a emergency repair on a two plus? Uh, I can never remember the name of it, but I know the one you mean. Yeah, um, yeah that's that. These guys are going to be hard to shift. Yeah, and, like, and you'll be probably re reactivating your shields basically every turn. Yeah, getting those if shields you want back. Yeah. If you want a super resilient um, Titan, see Nurgle again, I guess. But, you know, two additional <laughs> repair dice. Warhounds, and obviously it's an expensive way of doing it, right? Because 50 points on a Warhound is a lot. But Warhounds with four repair dice? Yeah, that's quite, quite, it'd be quite cool. And potentially the, the two to it's cool down, because obviously that's one of the Warhounds' biggest issues is heat. I'd say going back to our plan with this uh, suicidal um, iconoclast, uh, Diamonic Icker. Yeah. Basically, 10 point upgrade. When the Titan suffers catastrophic damage, add to scale when doing a magazine or catastrophic meltdown. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, strength 15 attacks when you blow up. <laughs> yeah. When you've run it super hot, you've somehow got it in there. You've played that strat. Obviously, yeah. obviously, in this case, though, I suppose I think the difference here, right, is that the strat we were talking about was loyalist, and you obviously can't have corrupted Titans with yeah. loyalists. There's, there are ways that you can do it with the Just like more generic ones. It hot, it's fine. <laughs> but this is, I mean, it is only, what, 10, 10 points? Yeah, it's nice cheap. and cheap. It's very, I, I'd kind of missed this. I'm now thinking my Volpa list. I had some points left over. I give all my Titans this, so if they do die in combat, yeah, boom. <laughs> but you do. you are relying on rolling that 7+. 
Yeah. Generally speaking. So you want to be running in hot. Yeah. Because then it's a four plus. The other one, just because this one, I when I first heard about it, I was I thought this seems a bit too good. But actually, I kind of like it because I think it changes the way people play the game. So I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this word. Peaky, somebody needs to help me. Is it uh, Chitterous Carapace? Uh, Chitinous Carapace. Yeah, it's weird words. Basically, (laughs) it's 20-point upgrade. When you target the body or carapace weapon, you subtract two from the armor rolls. This titan cannot declare power to locomotives. Now, that sounds really powerful, and it is. It is. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not really powerful. So basically, subtracting two to armor rolls, is, especially like in a warlord or, or warmaster, you're going to struggle to get through the armor. But what I like is, okay, this stuff forces people to shoot other part, the legs or the heads. Generally speaking, people aim for the body because it's the easiest part to kill. And also, you get the extra reactor heat, mm. which can can help you when people start taking criticals. The we've seen how powerful the minus what I mean. Granted, it's all locations for fifteen points for the um, or Ordax um, reinforced yeah. plating, but a minus two is is a is a lot. I know it's only to those two locations, but even so, it's it's not to be sniffed at. You may be tempted to order Ordax to run run both. Well, there you go. Yeah, you could do, couldn't you? you um, the power to the commotors part potentially isn't too bad because if you take it in the um, the Canis Maniple, you're already basically on there on top of them anyway. And if, you, if you're in twenty five percent cover for the first turn, you're taking a <laughs> minus two to hit them. Uh, so I, I, I regret saying that now. <laughs> the the down the downside here though is the fact that you can't declare power to locomotives. Now Mordaxis don't care about that because they can't do that anyway. Yeah. But to some other Titans, especially probably Warhounds less so because you might want to push your reactor uh, push your reactor to move. But it's Reavers I think that are gonna suffer the most there because Reavers are reliably movement nine, whereas. Most of the time, unless you really need to push the speed, eight is fine on a warhound. Yeah, it's it's a negative. It does, you know, in a game where we are talking about maneuver um, quite a lot, it could be a downside. But it's just something I think that you need to factor in, and you can at least you know the titan that it's going to be affected, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's every titan. Yeah. There's, there is some super, super strong combinations here. I'm really interested to see if Vortex becomes a bit... Is Vortex back on the table now with some of these I upgrades? I don't think so, because I still think it's a too cheap an upgrade, uh, especially compared to these. I think Vortex is better than any of these upgrades we've seen. Uh, I mean, the, the traitor equivalent is the once per game you get to automatically hit a location with one strength, ten attack. Vortex yeah. is better than that, and it's not not close. There is going to be an interesting conversation. I think we've kind of meant we've been talking about off off this where I don't know if you can allow custom legios to use this because I think there would be some abusive combinations that would just not be fun. Yeah, um, I think that's a that's a conversation that people need to have. It would depend how you play the game, of course, and obviously caveats. Um, I. I'm always going to think a little bit about competitive match play because that's kind of what I think the points levels are for. If you're not doing competitive match play and you can, and you do fun, fluffy stuff, I think it's potentially fine. Uh, myself and George, we talk. He's good at, George is looking at doing a orc t- force for Titanicus, and he wants to use the, the custom legios to do some orky stuff like spiked armor and being able to put like bigger 
titans into smaller mana pools because that's yeah. kind of orky. And also we talked about mutations being a cool way of adding in some of the other orc abilities, potentially, thematically anyway. And the minus to command would work for orcs. Yeah, so that that's something we've looking at. But obviously that's very much from a he wants the rules to be orky, not he's trying to get an advantage point of view. But that's where I think the conversation needs to come in. Uh, just what I really want to touch on quickly, because I love this one, and it's, it's, it's for Volpa again. Uh, you saw, I, saw, I want to do Volpa first. Uh, I was Organic the... protrusions. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, any type any of Titan would take this upgrade for 15 points. A Titan with this, ba- with this mutation changes the attack value of its smash attacks to three. In addition, smash attacks from this Titan have a short range of two, not one. So you combine that with the rage, which gives you a plus one dice to your smash attack as well. So now you're reliably doing four smash attacks with the Warhounds, which I had up to strength 10 with the upgrade and being Ferox, and auto-charging. So potentially, as long as at least char- they're charging at least, I don't know, 12 inches, they could potentially do. That's potentially eight attacks at strength 10. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to do some damage. <laughs> That's, it is a lot of points and upgrades, I should point, because that is, what, that's 15. Uh, what was the base mutation? Uh, 15, so that's 30. That's 65 points of upgrades. I think that's the part that we haven't really touched upon. All of this stuff is really, really good. Like There is a lot of powerful combos here. People can have a lot of fun. I think the two considerations you need to bear in mind is that Titanicus is already a game about, mi- about micromanaging Titans you're going to be in a situation where potentially every single one of your Titans is going to be completely different to the other. So you better have a way of managing that on the day and knowing which Titan is which. These points add up quickly, and they are powerful, but you will probably find yourself very quickly in a position where, to get the most out of them, you're going to be sacrificing activations. Oh, definitely. Which is fine. I think that is fine, because that needs to be the trade-off, I think. I'm happy for these guys to be super powerful as long as there is that activation advantage. You know, you're not, when somebody sets down a Corrupted Titan Force in front of you, you know, okay, this is going to be hard, but they only have four activations in the 1750 or something like that. These Titans can very, the Warlords especially, can easily kind of start reaching Psy Titan levels of points. And Psy Titans don't get used that often, mostly because people can't get hold of them. Um, <laughs> but also because they're quite prohibitively expensive in 1750. I think we'll see more Corrupted Titans than we will see Psy Titans. There's a lot more opportunities for people to use these things. But you're going to be in a similar situation whereby you know, you need to make the most out of these to actually be doing the damage and to actually win games with them because you can have less people to take objectives. It, it was hard enough with the Loyalist book trying to take three Reavers with the uh, Gatling, the hunting rounds for the Gatling, which is 90 mm. points. This is more expensive than that. Yeah. So I was having to compromise on my list to get a 90-point upgrade in. What are you going to have to do to put in potentially, you know, um, 150 points, 200 points of upgrades? It is going to cost you an activation. And also, yes, there's a lot of upsides. As we've already talked about, there's a lot of downsides to these guys. And like, and that's one of the things. I've talked about the, the precept mana pool. Since you've been the Corrupted Titan mana pool, it's not a cheap mana pool to run. Because, you know, you it, it and uh, what's it? The What's the base one? The um, Axiom mana pool is basically 1750 pretty much by itself. Mm, if you take the full mana pool. This is replacing a Reaver with a more expensive Titan. 
So you're probably going to find yourself maybe like one of each type. So you only have yeah. four activations, and that's I mean, yeah, they're going to be good activations, but every Titan you lose is a big loss. Whereas when like that, you know, I, I I traditionally like to run about six activations. That's kind of my comfort spot with Titanicus. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'd sometimes run a little bit less. Have run more. The six is where I feel comfortable. I feel like I normally out activate my opponent or at least have parity, and that's kind of important the way I like to play these kind of games. Going down to like five or maybe four activations, it, it is a loss. There's no doubt. And some of these actions, some of these aren't going to make your output any better. So you might not necessarily be killing their titans faster. Your titans would just be tougher. Yeah. Um, going back to the Volper list I've done, because. I'm going to keep mentioning it because it's the one list I've made so far with Corrupted Titans. Yes, they can do potentially eight strength, ten attacks on the charge I've talked about. Only got five activations. I think the, the list, I'm, I'm probably going to tweak it a fair bit and go to another direction. It's two Reavers, two Warhounds, and a unit of Knights. If you if I don't get that charge off, I will get butchered. I've got nothing to make them tougher. Yeah, I guess I've always been a loyalist player at heart. Hmm. I've never been somebody who overly got excited by chaos and chaos stuff. This is the first time where I've kind of read a rule set and it's it's not over the top. No. It's hugely thematic and I'm really looking forward to either playing with these guys or playing against them because I think for all of the kind of people who may be a little bit unsure, possibly be naysayers, I think this will add a whole new dimension to the game, which will give it a whole new lease of life mm. on on what um, Titanicus is currently about. And it will open up so many other war gear options. We've had, like, what, three years of, you know, playing more or less the same sort of game. Granted, we had new Legios come in. We've had the Loyalists brought in new war gear and stuff. That changed it up again. I think this, this takes it to the next step again. And I really like the direction that the game's going like there's there's so much more in this book which has given me hope for the future of titanicus than even when the um loyalist book came out mm. the constant hinting at strength um scale seven scale five just gets me excited that why would they be talking about these things if they hadn't got plans to introduce them you know we've had that tidbit since audax was released in what was it shadow and iron uh yeah um Obviously, all the COVID books do merge into one for me. But yeah, yeah. I think it was. You know that 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 was the first kind of hint. Nothing really happened, but now it's 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 happening again, and this time I think more obviously. Yeah, now they've been mentioning strength scale seven. It was only straight scale six or below. Yeah, and but and like scale five has its own section in the book. Now it could just be future proofing in case. May, may, obviously, there's all these rumors. What's going to where, where the future is going to be? And we've heard everything from it's going to epic, or they're going to add like infantry and tanks and planes to Titanicus, which, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I try and keep an open mind. I personally prefer Titanicus to be Titanicus. At the same time, I wouldn't be opposed to super heavy tanks joining the game. I think they're in scale. I mean, some of them literally run Titan weapons, so it kind of makes sense for them to be in the game. Um, and if I get some 8mm Space Marines to paint up, I'm not going to be disappointed, even though I've never used them in Titanicus, because I, I freaking love no. the Hyrule and I freaking love Epic. So, you know, um, it, we'll, we'll see what the future pr pr brings. But, I mean, I still think this this kind of makes this kind of at least hints that, that even if Titanicus and Nessay took a backseat to Epic, they'd still come back. And if they add this new Scout Titan to Epic, cool, there's your Titanicus data sheets. Go nuts. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think 
we're going to call it there. This short episode of Maximal Fire. <laughs> it's not going to be that short, by the looks of it. Don't think it's going to be that short, um, but we shall see. Um, I hope that our random musings have been of interest to you, and we will be coming back as soon as possible and doing a few more proper deep dives on this. Um, we are currently planning a Christmas special, um, so it may well be that we will start our Legio deep dives after Christmas, but we will also bring a proper in-depth look at some of those Legios, some of those rules a bit further down the line, I think. Anything you want to add, Ben, before our closing remarks? I'd, I'd just say, guys, we, we didn't touch stratagems on this one just because there's a lot of stratagems to kind of look through and some of these stuff are like really minor tweaks. So probably on the next episode, we'll kind of cover anything that we haven't covered here and as Peter we haven't done precepts questions this time but I know we have already got some list of traitor based questions to go over so if you have got any more hit us up on discord hit us up in the comment sections go and join the patreon and put them up on there poke us wherever you want to poke us uh, but I would say going on what you said quickly I kind of feel tight to traitors have a bit more fun now than the loyalists maybe I think that's kind of where I think that's where we're at now where these mutations are kind of are, are cool and it just opens up so many more list options and modeling options for traitors. Yeah. And I think, you know, it kind of feels like the loyalists have gone into the very much like Rogal Dawn, um, you know, this is how we do things here. This is, well, this is, we're very proper. And then the traitors like, well, do you want to try, mate? Do you, do you want to whack, do you want to whack a freaking great demon sword to it? Yeah, why not? Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, sold. I'll be doing a traitor Legio next. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you've um, enjoyed today's episode. Um, as Ben said, if you have any comments or feedback, just please drop us an email, maximalfire at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram, maximal.fire. Um, or join our Discord um, channel. Details are all over the place. Best place if you're interested. If you don't know but anybody's in there, is just drop us a mail or check out our Instagram page. It should all be up there. So... See you again next time, and uh, always remember to go big, go loud, go maximum.